0: Ask Me How I Know show. I'm your host, Julie Holly, and I'm so excited you're here. Ask Me How I Know is the only podcast in the multifamily niche replicating what takes place outside the walls of a seminar. Remember when we used to get together like that? This is like the lobby where honest, unscripted conversations take place and transformation happens. We'll talk about practical problem solving in the multifamily niche, as well as overcoming mental roadblocks. This episode is brought to you by Three Keys Investments. Three Keys Investments is dedicated to helping people like you, yeah you, enter the multifamily investment space to build passive income and legacy wealth. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed, ask me how I know, I'd be honored if you did. Thanks so much for joining me today and now for our featured guest. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to talk about dealing with setbacks, which I believe many of you can relate to because of this thing called a pandemic that we've been experiencing. In fact, a U.S. News & World Report survey showed that 25% have experienced either a job loss, a furlough, reduced salaries, or a salary cut during this crisis. So more than likely you or someone you are directly connected to is facing a setback due to dis- the pandemic alone if not life, right? So setbacks happen. What is it? What do you do? There are a few typical patterns that people follow when they experience a setback. The first is that they become problem focused. These people are focused on finding solutions and they are also more inclined to find help. They're willing to see a problem from another angle because they are so driven to finding a solution and moving forward. Then there are those who try to tackle setbacks by being emotionally focused. And this approach seeks sympathy from others. It often requires a lot of conversations. And these conversations can lead to an awareness and clarity, and that awareness and clarity can lead to positive results. Finally, there are those who choose straight up avoidance. Yes, I'm being general, just three general pools to put people in, right? Avoidance people, they don't want to think about the situation. Um, They shut their feelings out. And initially, this can be helpful if you're dealing with a traumatic situation um, so that you can engage it later, you know, when in a healthy way. But A lot of people in this category don't choose to circle back, and they might even find themselves with a new vice like alcohol, drugs, something that we don't want in our lives, right? More than likely, you've used one or all of these coping techniques during your life. In fact, I chose avoidance. When my dad dropped dead, it was completely unexpected, and I thought I was being clever, you guys, by choosing to stay in denial or avoidance. Guess what? It wasn't. Shortly after his death, I traveled um, with my family back to check on a property we had. And in that process, I met with a couple of mama friends and their kids at a favorite park. So we sat and we talked and they asked how I was doing. And I I can remember so clearly, I said with this huge smile on my face, I think my dad had been gone for two months. Oh, it's going to be okay. I can choose to still sort of have my dad with me by staying in denial. Now, if you do not have a friend or two from the Midwest, you need to find and Adopt One ASAP because they are some of the most grounded people I have ever known. My friend Katie, who I was with, she had already walked the path of loss a decade earlier, and she gave this California raised girl a total Midwest reality slap. I don't remember her words verbatim because the force of the reality hit hard for a long time. She said something like, You can deal with it now, or you can deal with it later. And later means a lot of baggage to deal with. Trust me, I know. Wow. I took her advice to heart, and when I returned home from that trip, It was like I turned around with arms wide open to grief. See, facing any setback requires resiliency to feel every emotion. I think of it like standing on a shore and allowing this huge tidal wave to consume me, but when it recedes, I'm still standing, sometimes, often, stronger than before. In this case, when my dad passed away, my faith and my husband, they kept my feet on the ground and I did grow a depth of resiliency I did not have before. I keep saying that word resiliency. So let's talk about it. Remember not too long ago, all those motivational posters for businesses with words like resilience and initiative and, or like tenacity on them. So actually, and this was about the same time Trump showed The Apprentice was on, and everyone was naming their teams by traits they admired. I'm totally, totally dating myself. I get that. In reality, we see these posters, and we read those traits, but we don't really understand what traits like resiliency mean. More importantly, we don't understand the price to develop such traits in a life. So let's talk about resilience for just a moment. The canned answer, right? Resiliency is what allows people to use their strengths and skills to cope or recover from problems and challenges. See, before the pandemic, people still faced job loss, financial problems, illness, natural disasters aren't something new, right? We still had hurricanes, tornadoes, and earthquakes, and we still faced the devastation that those natural disasters forced upon communities. Before the pandemic, people were still getting divorced and more. So resiliency isn't something that's like a new type thing that we have to develop. But how does resiliency show during tough times like these? It shows when someone is choosing, they aren't necessarily capable of, but they're choosing or facing a struggle or setback head on. Resilient people, they feel the distress, the grief, the anxiety, the fear. They feel it all, but they choose to move forward anyway, often coming out stronger. Maybe that's not who you are right now. But you want to become resilient, and you're wondering, how do I go about doing that? Getting clear-minded is a great starting spot. Start by paying attention to your thoughts and be aware of patterns like, this always happens. Recently, I was helping my daughter with her schoolwork. And I told her, this is going to become challenging. And when, not if, it does, you need to tell yourself that you can do challenging things. And then later she came into my office and I was facing my own challenge. You can imagine the self-talk she heard from me. I was literally, she came in, I was literally like saying under my breath, I've worked through challenges like this before. I can do this. Self-talk is really powerful. Another step is learning to calm your body. I've been needing to do this a lot recently because I am so excited about the path and journey that I'm on. Um, And one technique I've been learning more about is release meditation. I seriously feel like I've had a massage after like a three minute release meditation. Um, Breathing practices are super powerful as well. A fun technique I used when I was teaching elementary school was the five, four, three, two, one technique. And this technique is super awesome because it uses all of your senses and really takes your mind to another place because it requires focus. So here's how it works. Five, name five things you can see. Four, name four things you can hear. Three, three things you feel with your body. Two, two things that you can smell. And one, name one thing you can taste. Yeah, it becomes a bit tricky as you get to number two and one. Pay attention calm your body, and now you're ready for another technique, a counter-argument. Go back to your situation and ask some questions like, hmm, what objective evidence supports what's going on or how I'm feeling? You might ask something like this, like, how would someone else view this situation? And remind yourself that you can get back on your feet. Finally, man, be nicer to yourself. Often we're patient, kind, and caring to others, and we give them wide margins when they face setbacks or make mistakes, but we're so demanding of ourselves. The golden rule, treat others as you would like to be treated. Apply it. If you're listening to this, odds are that you're a high achiever who needs to flip the rule around and treat yourself as you would treat others. I'm going to close with this really amazing quote from Jim Lewis, who is a co-founder of Essence. Define yourself by the best that is in you, not the worst that has been done to you. Guys, freedom is just one choice away. Go find yours. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Ask Me How I Know. This episode was brought to you by Three Keys Investments. They are dedicated to helping people like you. Yeah, you, my awesome listeners, develop passive income and legacy wealth through multifamily investing. Feel free to check out their website, threekeysinvestments.com, to see if there's an offering that will help your portfolio grow and meet all of your needs. If you haven't already rated, reviewed, subscribed, liked, all of those bells and whistles, I would be absolutely honored if you do that for Ask Me How I Know. Thanks again, and go make it a great day.